1: Time to keep our groove on with fight sports, but this one is a uh, genuine legend. Mark Hunt, the Super Samoan, has a movie coming out in 2022 called The Fight of His Life. It's a docu-movie about his life, and Mark joins us right now from Sydney. Morning to you, buddy. Good morning. How are you doing, Jimmy? Man, I, I'm good. I, I saw the trailer of this, and I instantly said to my friends, i got to watch this. It just looks like it's It's not It's not raw. It's just real.
0: <laughs> yeah, it's pretty real. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry,
1: just knocking her <laughs> So okay, let's let's talk about you. Oh, the one thing I want to ask you about it because I want to take take a step back. Did you were you were you the, the sort of kid that got into trouble and had fights on the streets and then and discovered a way that you could make a living out of this? Or did someone point you in that direction saying, "Mate, you're better than this. You could make a life out of this."
0: Yeah, back then there was no uh, uh, there was uh, wasn't a path that I thought I'd be taking uh, fighting. To be honest, uh, it was just something that happened uh, outside a club and someone put me in the right direction. And it, it, it wasn't uh, something I wanted to do for my life. I didn't want to be a fighter, to be honest. And that's the bottom, the truth about it. I never wanted to be a fighter. I think uh, the only one fighting back then in the world stage was the, the tour man in boxing. So you know, um, love you, son. For, for me, being uh, taking the path of fighting was only uh, kickboxing. Boxing in K1, to be honest, um, and um, yeah, that's about it. There was no MMA back then. Um,
1: when yeah. where, when when did the whole K1 thing explode for you? Because I remember, for me, you first came to light when you you won this one million dollar prize. But you'd already been a big deal in the Japan already, right? No,
0: actually, I did. I uh, won the K1 in Japan. My second, I my first time doing it. Uh, there was only simple kicking around those days. Then um, Jason Sadie, all the all the uh, Ron Tippel, you know, Jason uh, from mm. all. The, those guys were kicking it in Japan at the time. Um, I think Bray was the biggest name out there, and um, I was just coming on through What was
1: that Japanese yeah. experience like?
0: It was definitely like I said. I went from fighting in the thousand three hundred uh, room places to uh, forty thousand seaters, eighty thousand seater uh, stadiums. To be honest, uh, you know they treated you like a celebrity, like a movie star. It was, it was quite crazy to be. It was surreal. Um, you know, going from an, living just a normal life even here to, to being someone over there. So it was quite. Uh, it was different.
1: What was it? Was it tough? I mean to, to Mentally adjust to suddenly going from the streets of South Auckland to uh, mega stadiums in Japan, and suddenly you are the man.
0: Yeah, correct. It was hard because the thing was, I you know, no one knew my back end story, no one knew my life. I didn't really want to air my dirty laundry out in public, to be honest. But um, and here I am, uh, you know, getting asked all these questions about you know this and that and what I like to eat, and I'm pretty just didn't know, you know, I'm like a one person, uh, one word kind of person, and yes and no, and you know, I think mm. uh, that's what I intrigued the Japanese around, there. I thought I was intriguing, to be honest. So I did not know, really, I uh, wasn't well versed in speaking uh, on shows and and uh, PR and stuff like that. So
1: the, the you, you were known for the sort of the the walkaway knockdown. Was that something? Was that was that street was that street fighting coming to play?
0: No, that was just a high level of skill. Let me, baba <laughs> two baba. <laughs> <man>. that, <laughs> <laughs> that, that, that was just a fighting experience, to be honest. <laughs> but, <laughs>
1: The the K one experience and that style of fighting. When did you then discover MMA, the UFC? When did you go? Hang on a minute. This is something else I could excel at.
0: Well, Lee, I I won the K one in my first chance the world title, and it was kind of crazy. I went to, uh, to a difficult stage afterwards, you know, being uh, ripped off by different people, and then you know I was out during the war, while I was fighting K one. You know, I fight a guy anti Cheetah. It was a uh, and I thought I was talking about Dragon ball Z because you know I was uh, <laughs> I was a big dragon ball Z fan and that was he was actually a fighter an MMA fighter I was like what's this kind of a sport but so the money they' were offering was you know really good um you know it was 250000 us per event, um and, and that was back then that was 2000 and um it was actually 2000 uh, 2002 I think it was or three and um yeah, I was like wow I'll, I'll try it out and um, that's when I first saw it I, I saw it, uh, you know the Gracies um, doing MMA and um basically I, I fell in love with the sport because it was a different challenge it was, uh, you know, um, there was something new that it, that, that uh, was like really. Because I thought I was a, a great fighter until, like, you know, I went onto the ground when I met Steve Oliver. You know, he told me a different thing about uh, MMA. <laughs> yeah, I was about yeah, to say the, gave, uh, yeah.
1: the the adjustment to Sorry. the to Jiu-Jitsu side was that the biggest the biggest hurdle to
0: cross. Yeah, it was you know being a, a great stand-up fighter, competitor to you know being schooled by Steve Oliver. And, you know, it was only like 90 kilograms, and I'm like, you know, I went to the first training session. His <laughs> fight uh, was saying. I'll we'll pay to go train a fast Surruton in uh, California and I'm like no, nah, I'll just keep the money and go train in New Zealand and, uh, and I went to meet um to a couple of friends of my Brendan and, and uh, he was wrestling doing some jujitsu in, in uh, Henderson there and, and I was like you know he was doing some, doing some stuff and I said you know just stand up and he goes to me you know you come and stand up and for the next six weeks he started you know, he was guiding me to the days <laughs> you
1: know? yeah. how, how hard was that mentally to readjust because you'd been fighting you know how to take a part but then everyone, everyone then starts coming grappling in your gun. I just want to punch him How how difficult is that for a fighter to, to adjust?
0: It's very frustrating, especially being someone that you know wants to uh, enforce physically, you know, by hitting someone uh, with, with with striking stuff. And you can't physically do that because of, you know they're, they're constricting you as an MMA, as a jujitsu player or a wrestler. It's, it's really frustrating. you have just got to find different ways about it. Um, you know, I practice most of the time on the ground, uh, learning defences. To be honest, you know, with my first coaches of. Uh, Jiu Jitsu, Marcelo and Steve And um, it was basically just uh, Defending um, takedowns and defending uh, Submissions.
1: You've been a big voice Against anti-doping. When did it First come to, to light to you That you were fighting guys that were juiced?
0: Well it wasn't just the guys, you know, I mean I, I first spoke about it when I went to into Japan, I'm like, uh, I said to You know, a whole, I walked in the boardroom full of Japanese guys and they're all wearing suits and I'm Like, you know, negotiating a deal for a Contract and they're like, um, and on my First, one of my first questions was, what about these uh, uh, these derogies and cheaters and these dopers and they're like and a whole lot of them just started cracking up I'm like bro what, what, what is what is wrong about and that's when I, I started realizing realize it been fight sports to be honest but the actual being pissed off about it was when I started competing against guys in the UFC because uh, it was like the, I think the second or third guy in a row that I got to facing that, um, that nothing was done about it it just became a no contest and you lost out all the time I mean I, I broke my hand on Bigfoot's head um, in, a, in a fight in Brisbane and there was nothing done about it I mean I the whole year and this, this this guy comes and competes before I do. It's, it's got to be something else done about this sort of garbage because, um, and you know, nothing was done about it. And then, you know, then it gets into the UFC phase about the whole scenario, and then, you know, and then the lawsuit comes and. The end of the day, what I was trying to do was get an even playing field. I didn't premeditate of yeah. uh, wanting to sue the company that I was working for. I wanted to get an even playing field. It was never fair these days, and people say, "Oh, um, they just don't just competing at the highest level." It doesn't become about uh, uh, being the best fighter in the world. It becomes about the best cheater and the best, and the company uh, covering their cheats.
1: Do you think it's still yeah. going on? Do you think it's still going on in the UFC?
0: So I you? The companies that as corrupt as, as the people, uh, you know, behind the whole thing the, you know, the, the, the shitty pay they pay their fighters the, the 60% is a joke you know you see the fighters you know you know, good job to you know the Kai and them and all those for winning their events but it's hard to see them you know jumping for joy when they win $50,000 you know for, for someone as high as they are in the, in the world you should be that should be a given not jumping up a giraffe that's just going to change my life dude that, that's how bad these guys are paying these guys they're getting cheated so where does the, can I ask without, without a doubt
1: can I ask is the, is the lawsuit still active Or have you just gone I just I, I can't afford this Because it's just going to b- b- Make me broke
0: Well it doesn't work like that I mean I, if I knew That I was going to be In a lawsuit for six years uh, I wouldn't have probably changed it All I did was do the right thing I said this isn't right I've got to do something about it I've asked the company To do something about it For however long And how many fights I've had i said look man Can you do something about this Can I have a clause in my contract You know And, and all I got was, 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 a, was a wall Saying nah Nah, nah, bro, you ain't gonna get nowhere to me. Cause I declined to one of the guy who was on steroids, I said, No, nah, he's been known to cheat. He got caught, I don't want to do it. Put a clause on my contract, and um, and then and then I'll go out here with the fight. Cause I'll fight anyone, if, I, if these guys are known cheaters. And then they said, no, we can't, okay. So three days later, Josh by the post for steroids, and I'm started laughing, he goes, oh, that's what you get. You guys are trying to put me on the guys that are cheating, and, and you know you're not giving me a, a chance to make it even playing field. So then afterwards, you know, they give me a guy named Alistair Oven, and I. I said, nah man, I wanna fight that guy. He's a sealage cheater. Putting the cause on my contract, so i don't have to go for the same issue of of, uh, of this this fight. The guy the, the guy the cheater still gets to, still benefits. And they said, No, we can't do that. We can't put a clause in your contract to make it even. Um so and, I, and then the next thing I said, I wanna do it and they said the next thing they seen was a letter from their lawyer saying, If you don't if you don't take this fight, we're gonna sack you. I'm like, Wow, you guys and that idiot they you a know, white says, Oh, you don't forced to the fight dude. you? are the worst fire on the planet. Oh well, so, uh, Head yeah. Monkey.
1: Okay. So, the, so it's it's still, it's still sort of quietly ongoing. Let's just quit, briefly talk about the fact that someone's decided that you are worthy of having a movie made about your life because the story from you know it's it's an incredible story. Uh, we we what when they first approached you, what was your reaction, or or did you push this production? Well,
0: the, the truth is, I didn't want to. I mean, I read a book. Well, I didn't actually write the book, but uh, you know, to me, what got me about it was the publisher and for the books. You know, get told, called, talk. Me, then she goes, Mark, you can help other people, it's not about money. And I said, ooh, that's a pretty great idea, you can help others. And that's why I did, that's why I said yes to the book. This is pretty much similar of the same thing. The doctor is pretty much to help others. Uh, um, uh, it was uh, for this one, they, you know, I think Netflix approached, but then I said, No, um, the cyber company price they were paying, so I said, Yeah, so to help others with their journey in life, I think it's great. You know, my past was fighting, and uh, and I didn't want to be a fighter to so now here I am again fighting, not in the hospital or the ring, but I'm. Fighting in the court, not just one lawsuit, but a, 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 and a different one also. You know? One against errors, and the other one against uh, a fair pay, uh fair pay, because you know the MMA fighters, you'll see they only get sixty percent of the revenue, which is which is garbage.
1: Can I can I be brutally honest here? Yes, sir. Have you made enough money to be comfortable in your life after all of these years?
0: Well, you know, the truth is no. I've been fighting for a long time. I've made a lot of mistakes. I've made a shitload of mistakes. At the end of the day, but at the end of that, I. I'm still fighting. I'm still grinding like everyone else at the end of the day, so um, the truth is, no.
1: But you sound but you sound in a funny old way happy. You're a lovely family, you've got kids, and you sound like you you know where your role is in this world.
0: Well, the truth is, uh, for me, like I, I always say to people, all the silver of God are gods. I mean, like, tomorrow's never promised, and doesn't matter how much money you have in the bank or whatever, you could get run over tomorrow. You can get shot tomorrow. You know, it doesn't matter at the end of the day. I mean, you can't take any... There's no you all behind a hearse, brother. <laughs> yeah,
1: fair play on that one one final thought what do you want your kids to think about you what do they want when someone says what's your dad like what do you want them to say
0: well I mean well, whatever, they're probably going to say some, some funny shit about their dad, but, uh, <laughs> I mean, all their dads are saying their dad has been a fighter through and through, you know, from the start to the end. That he's always fought for something better. You know, he's always had a, a cause to fight for. Yeah, no.
1: Yeah, that, that's that's cool, man. Hey, Mark, thanks so much for giving me your time today. When does the movie come out? Is it next year?
0: I think it's um,
1: the 3rd of February, to be honest. 3rd of Feb. Looking forward to seeing it, mate. Congratulations. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, keep fighting, Don't man. Up, I will, buddy. Keep fighting. Up. He call me Steve-O. I'm not going to call him out. There is no way I'm calling Mark Hunt out for calling me Steve-O. Mark Hunt, the super Samoan